The preseason is over and it's time for roster cuts to be made. How will the Giants solve some of their tougher decisions? Nick Filato and I discuss on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and happy to have you with us. This episode of the Lachlan Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Lachlan NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And on today's Lachlan Giants podcast, I'm joined by Nick Filato, one of my favorites, absolutely love this guy to death. And uh, although the Giants have already started making some roster cuts, uh, roster moves, transactions, we're going to still run down each of the positions with Nick. He's going to give us his take on um, where things stand or where he thinks they're they're going to to go. So first off, Nick, thank you so much as always for joining me. I'm I'm so excited to have you on. Patricia, it's always a pleasure to join you on the Lockdown Giants Network. Let's talk about our beloved New York football giants. We did have some cuts recently. Let's yes. go over some of them before we dive into these positions. Well, actually, what I was going to do is I'm going to go over them as, as we go through the different position groups. So we'll, we'll touch on them, absolutely. But I figure we'll just run down the, the whole list. I mean, and then I'll get your, your take on everything. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, really one surprise, not really a surprise, but we'll get to all that stuff. We're going to save all the good stuff have the people, you know, hang in there. We don't give away the good stuff just yet. So Nick, my friend, let's start off with quarterbacks. And I'm going to just, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the, the graphics. So um, disclaimer, if you're listening to this on our audio platforms, it's fine. We're going to read them, read off the graphics, but um, you might want to watch it on YouTube if you can. So Nick, we've got three quarterbacks, DeVito Jones and Tyrod Taylor, pretty cut and dried. I would say on this one, although some people have said, oh, gosh, DeVito over Tyrod Taylor. Tell me how it doesn't make sense. Nick, what is your take on that? Yeah, let's not put the cart before the horse. I absolutely love what I've seen from Tommy DeVito so far, but Tyrod Taylor is a professional who's been in the league for quite a while now. He is the second-string quarterback behind Daniel Jones. If anything, God forbid, were to happen to Daniel Jones, it would be Tyrod Taylor's job. With that being said, I think Tommy DeVito has proven a lot because he came in here, he was raw, at Syracuse, went over to Illinois. He, he was just that that tough kid who wasn't necessarily a precision thrower or someone who had a great arm. I felt like, from what I've seen through preseason, his arm is much more lively than what I saw in college. I think he earned a practice squad spot and possibly the opportunity to be the number two quarterback next season. But I think it's a little bit premature right now. So I'm not going to say that we should put Tommy DeVito over Tyrod Taylor. I think that's unfair to Tyrod Taylor, who I do believe is a solid backup quarterback. And also Tyrod Taylor entering the last year of his contract with the Giants this year remains to be seen if they're going to extend him. But now maybe they don't have to extend him. So, you know, salary cap issue, you know, if they do extend him, they can lower his five million base salary. But now maybe they don't have to. Maybe they say, okay, you know what, Tyrod, thanks for the two years of service. Come next year, we go to DeVito, who is going to be on a rookie deal, basically, and be a lot cheaper. So certainly something to keep an eye on and to factor into the equation. But overall, Nick, we can agree, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, they're not going to keep a third quarterback. 
even though the, there, there's that new rule and that new rule for people. And I see a lot of people get that rule mixed up. The player has to be on the 53. You cannot elevate them from the practice squad in order to, to, to keep a third quarterback. Exactly. And I think the Giants won't have an issue trying to pass Tommy DeVito through waivers to put him on the practice squad because in order for another team to claim him, that means they have to put him on their 53-man roster. And I just don't really foresee that happening. Exactly. All right. Easy enough. Let's go to running backs. Now, running backs, we've already had one move, but uh, initially the Giants had Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, Deshaun Corbin, Eric Gray, James Robinson. James Robinson has since been uh, cut. He's been waived, actually. So uh, Barkley and Breida, I think we can both agree they're going to be their their locks. Um, Eric Gray is probably a lock. So the last roster spot, I would think, comes down to Gary Brightwell and just Sean Corbin. Nick, what's your take on that? So I did a breakdown on the Big Blue Banter podcast, and I only had three, and I did not feel good about it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it really revolved around Gary Brightwell. We just don't really know what's going on from a health standpoint. And in order for the Giants to place this individual on IR, he has to make the initial 53. So Mm -hmm. there is a part of me that thinks that could be the case where they try to maybe slip Sean Corbin through waivers, wave him, and then put Gary Brightwell on the IR if that injury is significant. But again, that's a little bit of a nebulous situation. We're not sure what's going on there, but I can foresee that happening. And then Corbin just kind of starting... And then they they uh, they reevaluate in six weeks once uh, once Gary Brightwell is back and healthy. But again, I'm not really 100 percent certain. The only thing I'm somewhat certain of is it's going to be Barkley, Brita, and Gray. Do you think the Giants, though, Patty? I want to flip this on you a little bit, not to play host. Do you think they would only keep three? Because that does seem like there's not a lot of depth there. We know the the Giants like to run some full house packages. We've seen 31 personnel from there with three running backs on the football field. And I think they would ideally like four. But uh, again, the, the Gary Brightwell thing, I think that's the player they want because of his special teams upside. But I just don't know what's going on with his health. Yeah, I don't know either. My my gut feeling, first of all, I'd be surprised if they keep three. I could see it if they need to steal a spot somewhere, but I don't know that they would do that because, you know, look, Eric Gray is going to be the returner, it looks like. Um, I don't know how much he's going to necessarily give them on offense, at least not initially. So now you're left with Barkley and Brita. I I don't know, man. I would feel better if they had four, but I could certainly see them maybe stealing a spot there, doing a procedural move if they had to say, for example, with Brita, where you say to him, okay, listen, we need your spot because we've got to put other guys on IRs. We need it temporarily. We'll cut you, but we will bring you back once, you know, we we settle the roster. Because remember, this is the initial 53, not the final 53. So I could see something like that, but... I don't know. I'd have a hard time just keeping three, but that's just me. So I think it's also important to note last year, the giants and in their initial 53 only had three safeties. That's obviously not the way it played out through the season. The giants are going to add a lot of players or maybe not a lot, but they're going to look at every player that is cut to see if they want to bring them onto their active roster. So they might only keep two or three at a certain position. You're like, well, what the heck? Like last year, I think they only kept two at tight end on their initial 53, but Chris Myrick was considered a fullback. So it's a little bit of a different situation. Yeah. And then obviously they, they looked to add a lot of players all throughout their roster. I think they added what, like four or five players at final cuts last year. So that's going to happen in the coming days. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think, I think they go with, with, with four, but again, 
maybe they don't special teams has to be a factor in there too. Yeah. So that that's what makes, and, and as you mentioned, the Brightwell injury, who knows what's going on there? I mean, Dable obviously is like, okay, well, we'll have an update for you on Tuesday, but you know, I could have set my watch to that and predicted that response, but it is what it is. All right, Nick, as we're getting warmed up, we're going to do one more easy one. At least I think this is an easy one. Tight ends. We've got Daniel Bellinger, Lawrence Cager, Ryan Jones, Chris Myrick, Tommy Sweeney, Darren Waller. Um, of these guys, I, Myrick has the broken hand, so I have a feeling he may get waved injured if 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 it, if uh, he doesn't land on IR. Um, Sweeney, I have a feeling non-football illness. You know, he had that event which would leave it down to basically Ryan J- Jones and, and Lawrence Cager, unless you disagree. No, I think it's going to be three tight ends and Lawrence Cager is going to make it along with Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger, which poses a little bit of a, I don't want to say an, a problem, so maybe a little bit of an issue just when the Giants want to go 12 personnel and actually run the football because Darren Waller and Lawrence Cager are both former wide receivers, uber athletic. I'm, I'm very excited about the play action passing attack with, with those two on the football field from like 13 personnel. But Daniel Bellinger is really your only blocker. And we also know that Mike Kafka liked to use a lot of fullbacks last year and sniffers and H-backs in their blocking scheme, along with Bobby Johnson. We saw that after the Colts game and beyond into the playoffs. Daniel Bellinger is really the only player who can operate effectively out of that. I think Chris Myrick and Tommy Sweeney could, but I don't envision either of those guys making the roster. I think you're right with Myrick. I'm going to try to wave him, probably put him on the practice squad, and maybe they can elevate him to, to give that presence behind, behind Daniel Bellinger because Lawrence Cager... I was just watching the preseason film from the Jets game. Look, I really like his skill set, but he's like a glorified wide receiver. He's not somebody who's going to hold up, and that's just not the way he's built. That's not his game at all. So I think the Giants can be a little bit light in the pants when it comes to their their tight end room if they opt to go with only those three. But the one benefit, and I'm telling you, man, I I love Daniel Bellinger's game, and I think Daniel Bellinger is such an X factor for this offense as somebody nobody's talking about. He's not going to light up the stat sheet, but what he offers as a blocker is so pivotal, especially now if they only have two other tight ends, both of whom used to be wide receivers. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. You know, Cager's game, he he I don't know if it's a lack of strength or what, but when he has to go up against the big boys uh, on the other side, just not always a pretty sight. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, and again, you know, the Giants could always add somebody, I suppose, down yeah. the line. But uh, right now, they are a little light in the pants, as you said. All right, Nick, we got the easy stuff out of the way. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into some of the harder positions to forecast. So get ready. I'm going to give you about a minute to get your thoughts together. We'll be right back, folks, after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices guaranteed, you also get to see where your seats are before you make your purchase. And they also offer event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and rows for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Term supply. Again, that code is locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You got Patricia Train on me, P Train, with Nick Filato, and we are doing a Giants roster prediction show. Now, the Giants have already made some moves, they've announced some moves, but there's still a lot of decisions that still need to be made. And we're calling on Nick and his expertise to weigh in. We got the easy stuff out of the way, Nick. Now we're going to get to the fun stuff, the tougher decisions, and we're going to kick things off with wide receivers. So we've got Cole Beasley, Paris Campbell, Jamison Crowder, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who unfortunately suffered a torn ACL. So he's goes to IR Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Hyatt, Colin Johnson, who was released Jaden Mickens, who was released uh, Khalil Pimpleton, Wandale Robinson, who's still on pup Sterling Shepard, David Sills and Darius Slayton. Nick, what do they do at receiver? How many do they keep? We, I, I think we could say for, for a fact that, you know, Hodgins, Hyatt, um, we could probably say B, uh, Campbell, and uh, let's see, can we say, and Slayton, we could say those four are probably locks, but what do they do after that? Those four are locks, and I thought maybe Colin Johnson can have an outside shot, but the slight injury that he sustained, I think it was against the Detroit Lions, may have mm-hmm. removed that. Mm-hmm. I looked at the Wando Robinson situation, and, and someone on the beat brought this up to Brian Nabel. Do you keep him on the pup and he's going to miss those initial four games to try to squeak someone else on the roster? And I'm looking around and I don't know exactly who that would be if the Giants were to keep seven wide receivers. Now, the question comes down. Do you keep seven wide receivers or do you keep six? Because I look at Cole Beasley and I think the Giants would like to have him on this roster and Sterling Shepard. And with Wando Robinson on the pup, that would give the Giants six receivers. You also have Lawrence Cager and Darren Waller who can operate as receivers in certain personnel packages. They're lighter guys. They're both former wide receivers in college. You can use them in that manner. So maybe the Giants only look to keep six. But a lot of it comes down to, is Wando Robinson ready? Joe Shane said like two weeks ago that he's about to come off the pup. We still haven't seen him. I wouldn't be shocked to see Wando Robinson come off the pup. He makes the final roster. And then the Giants only roll with or the Giants can roll with seven or possibly even six, and Cole Beasley doesn't make this team. But if they want to keep Wondell Robinson on the pup, then you keep him on the pup. He's going to miss the first four games, and then you keep Sterling Shepard and Cole Beasley along with the other four that we talked about. And I'm kind of stuck. I'm not 100% certain which direction the Giants are going to go in, but I think it's going to be one of those two developments. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that Wondell has to come off pup, but we saw him running last week so for the first time, really. Um, they do have two weeks before the Cowboys uh, regular season opening game against the Cowboys. That should theoretically be enough time to get um, Wandale Robinson ramped up and everything like that. But, you know, how much of a role would he have actually if he were to come off a pup and be on the 53? I mean, I, I can't imagine he would take a full workload and they do have other options. You know, Shepard looks like he's going to be on the roster, as you mentioned, Hyatt, I think can, can, you know, give them snaps there. I mean, how would you see the kind of the roles shaping up? I think Wanda Robinson would be ingratiated into the lineup. I think Sterling Shepard and Paris Campbell would eat into a lot of those snaps and you would see Wandell come out maybe in certain third down situations. If Cole Beasley also makes the team, I think he would operate in that role as well. I also think the Giants are being very smart about how they allocate their snaps specifically to veteran players. So Sterling Shepard and Cole Beasley, if they do make this team, I don't think they're going to play, you know, 50 snaps a game. It's going to be dialed back a little bit more. The Giants may opt to add more wide receivers to their roster for that reason because they want to keep these guys fresh. They don't want to put too much of a burden on them. And I love what Brian Dable did throughout training camp, giving guys off days and, and dialing them back. And we've seen knocking on wood right now, we've seen 
uh, a team that hasn't been as injured as we've seen in the past with the New York Giants. And I think a lot of that is due to the training staff and how Dable is constructing the working schedule for his players. And those older players like Beasley and Shep, I do think they're not going to play full complement. You're going to see more of Paris Campbell and more of Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodges, Darius Slayton on the outside. But in terms of Wandell, they're going to take that same approach. I don't think Wanda Robinson would step in and play 60 snaps or play all the snaps, especially not when you have a very deep and competent wide receiver room. Last year, the Giants did not have it. Like, you look at what Brian Dable and Joe Shane were dealing with last year. Like, we looked at Kadarius Tony from the outside being like, okay, this guy is a player who is going into his second season, high upside, get the football in his hands. That's excellent. Kadarius Tony never really fully picked up the playbook. It didn't seem like the only routes he was running were like drag routes and simple design touches and things of that nature. Kenny Galladay couldn't even crack the roster. Then you had Sterling Shepard go down on week three. The Giants had no reliable wide receivers. They totally revamped that room for Mike Rowe. And I think we're going to see a, a nice solid rotation with maybe Darius Slate and Isaiah Hodgins playing the most snaps just because those are the outside guys. But I think Jalen Hyatt's going to work into that as well, especially if he keeps flashing and creating explosive plays like we've seen in training camp and then a little bit also during the preseason. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I'm curious to see if they go with maybe one less receiver because maybe they need a spot somewhere else, which you know we'll certainly talk about as, as we move on uh, th- through this exercise. All right, Nick, let's turn to the trenches and we're going to kick it off with the offensive line. Jack Anderson, who's been injured, Ben Bredesen, Corey Cunningham, who has since been let go, Julian Davenport has been let go, Wyatt Davis has the high ankle sprain, so his status is up in the air, Josh Azudu, Mark Lewinsky, Sean Harlow, Shane Lemieux, Marcus McCathin, Evan Neal, Matt Pear, Tyree Phillips, John Michael Schmitz, and Andrew Thomas. This one's going to be tough, I think. Um, First off, let's start off with who do you think the starting five are going to be? Let's start there. Okay, starting five, I think, is going to be Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, Evan Neal, Mark Lewinsky at right guard, and then that left guard spot. I think we should – I'm going to go with Ben Bredesen, and then Josh Azuda is going to work in. I think they're both going to play. I think we're going to see a rotation. Whoever gets deemed the starter, it's just kind of for namesake at that point. I think the Giants are going to play the hot hand at the guard spot, and maybe they give that to Ben Bredesen, but this is where it gets interesting. It depends on who else makes this team, because Ben Bredesen is going to be that primary backup for all three of the interior offensive line spots. If like Harlow doesn't make a team, which I don't really necessarily expect him to make this, this roster. I initially, last night when I did this, had nine offensive linemen, and I'm starting to reconsider and and, and i'm starting to consider a 10th so if i can go through the nine it would be andrew thomas evan neal ben bredesen john michael schmitz mark lewinsky josh azudu tyree phillips marcus mckethan and then i had parrot in there too and i'm like i don't love that but i don't know how comfortable the giants are uh on the back end of their tackle spot but i think parrot would be one of those first players cut if they appreciated another player who was released by another team. But there's one more offensive lineman that I'm considering, and I'm just going through the film from yesterday's tape. I felt like he looked pretty damn competent out there. He's somebody who has struggled to stay healthy. He is somebody who struggled in pass protection his entire career, but he's also taken center snaps, and that's Shane Lemieux. And I'm starting to reconsider and think Shane Lemieux might actually have a shot to make this roster as the back end interior offensive line player who can also play center in a pinch. And I wanted to ask your opinion on that. You know what? I felt the same way. I thought Shane Lemieux had a solid game last night. I matter of fact, that whole interior, you know, with Sean Harlow and, and McKethan and, and Shane Lemieux, I thought that whole interior looked pretty good. The tackles were the problem. I mean, I think we can agree on that. The tackles were just like turnstiles. But but Shane Lemieux, you know, I'll be honest with you. At the beginning, when I, I first started doing my projections, I didn't have him making it. 
I figured, okay, you know what? He's not going to be center. He's going to be limited. They're working Bredesen at these spots. They brought in Harlow, you know, what did, you know, Lemieux's toast. I'm starting to reconsider. And I think I had him on my 53, my revised and my final 53. I think he has done enough to, to earn a spot. Um, guards and interior linemen they got. It's again, for me, the tackle is the problem. And how many tackles do we expect them to keep? And this is one of the reasons why versatility is so important yes. because Mark McKethan is, he could be considered a tackle. And then you have Tyree right. Phillips. We haven't seen him. I'm not really hundred percent certain what's going on with Tyree Phillips right now from an injury standpoint, but he's okay. that primary. Yeah. yeah okay. That's good. Cause I know he didn't play yesterday. A lot of people expected him to, yeah. so he'll be that primary swing tackle behind Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. But the fact that you don't have a lot of true depth there and you're just relying on a, a second year player who is essentially a rookie coming off of a torn ACL. Does that just secure Matt Parrott into a roster spot? Even though a lot of people are like, Oh man, that makes me feel a little uneasy. Yeah. I, I still wonder if, if their next offensive lineman is, isn't yet on the team. Yeah. I, I, I think initially maybe they go with nine and then maybe they are going to add a 10th guy, but you're right. You make a, a great point with versatility because we're seeing that trend with this with this team, you know, outside of Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, Dable, I, I think it was Dable that said, you know, um, a, a couple weeks ago or whatever, that you know they want versatility. Unless you're, you know, Evan Neal and 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 Andrew Thomas, so that is, I think, your first clue that what they're looking for. I don't think Matt Parrot can give them that. Um, no. And like I said, Matt Parrot just wasn't very good against the Jets. He. He's just, you know, he's been kind of up and down. But last night, my goodness, I mean, the lack of physicality in his game and and just uh, I saw a lot of waste spending with him where he was just getting, you know, he was like a, a matador, ole, you know, and I, I don't want to pick on the guy. He's a great guy and everything. But boy, was I disappointed with that performance. He has light feet, too, but his footwork is just so bad and his framing of blocks is protecting his outside shoulder. I can't remember what coach said it, and it was a couple of years ago. It was in the pro previous regime, or maybe it wasn't a coach, or it was like an anonymous leak. Somebody said that he doesn't have that dog in him, and, it, and I don't like Rob Sale. Him. I think it was. It was it Rob was Sale that said that? I think it was him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like I don't like challenging an athlete, professional athlete, with with that type of um, you know, assigning that to him because I think that's you know, I don't know, I don't, I'm not in the locker room, but all I know is when you when you look at the product on the field as a, as a pass protector there seems to be something that's not fully coming together because he has all of the the physical traits to be very good. The length, the strength. I think he's actually deceptively good as a run blocker, especially on those combo blocks. I think his positioning is really good as well, but it just hasn't come all together. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate. And he's also dealt with injuries throughout his career too. Yeah, very true. All right, Nick, let's take a look at defensive line. This is another uh, tricky one. Ryder Anderson, Kevin Atkins, Brandon Bryant, who's been cut. Kevin Atkins, by the way, I think has been cut as well. DJ Davidson, who just came off a pup. Donovan Jeter, I believe he's been let go as well. Dexter Lawrence, he should be a lock. Jordan Riley, Sean Robinson, Raheem Nunes, Roaches, Kobe Smith, and Leonard Williams. So you got a few guys on this list that I'm going to leave up here for a second that I think um, I'm, I'm thinking possibly five for this guy because Jordan Riley, to me, could force them to, you know, keep an extra guy because Ryder Anderson with that triceps injury could end up on um, IR. Do you think so? 
Yeah, so I have six, and the six are Dex, Leonard, Ashawn, Rakeem Nunez-Roches, Jordan Riley, and then Ryder Anderson, who they would then revert to the practice, or not the practice squad, the injured reserve, because he has to make the final 53, get put on the uh, the the um, injured reserve. And then DJ Davidson, I think they're just going to squeak him through waivers, because I don't envision any other 31 NFL teams saying, hey, this guy who has a torn ACL, who's like a 26, 27-year-old interior defensive lineman who doesn't have any tape since last year, let's put him on our active roster. I think he'll slip through relatively unscathed. And if the Giants do opt to put Ryder Anderson, depending on the severity of that tricep injury on the IR, then you could just activate DJ Davidson from the practice squad up to your 53. So that's kind of how I feel like this is going to materialize, and I have six. All right, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here, but I'm going to ask you this anyhow. I mean... Jordan Riley, I think we can both agree, will probably make the roster. Yeah, I think. However, if the guys in front of him are healthy, I'm not so sure he gets a jersey on game day. So that being said, you look at the special teams, and I don't have a a card for special teams, but I want to mention it. Special teams, again, has been a disaster. Let's, Let's call it what it is. They have not been very good. They don't have cover guys. So can you justify devoting a spot to, to Jordan Riley, you know, I mean, I think if you cut him, he's going to get claimed, but can you justify this knowing that your special teams unit is still kind of a bit of a mess? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think you can justify it because he's shown so many flashes and I think it would just be, it would be a bad, it would be a really bad look if the giants tried to slip this kid on waivers. And I think there are just too many savvy teams who, who would claim him and the Giants would not get him back. So I think they have to get creative and find a way to get him on the roster. If you look at what Joe Shane said, just basically all throughout the offseason is we need in, we need interior defensive line depth. And we really addressed it. We had the two top dogs, Leonard Williams, hopefully he's going to be healthy this season. Now you bring in Sean and you bring in Raheem Nunez-Roches. Adding Jordan Riley, a young guy who you have at a cost-effective rate for the next, what, four years. I don't think the Giants are going to risk losing that. I've seen crazier things happen, but I think he's has to, I don't want to say a lock, but he's more than likely going to make this roster. But I, to your point, I think it is difficult when you, when you look around, you're going to really rely on players like Carter Coughlin, and a lot of these defensive backs to, to be those special teams aces for you. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's a spot where I think I kept an extra defense alignment because I do think Ryder Anderson with the triceps injury, I, I have a feeling he goes to, to IR. He'll make the initial 53. You do have to keep the guys on the initial 53 in order to slide them through to IR if you want to get them back at some point during the season. So I do, I can see that. And then, you know, one other point I want to make while we're talking about roster construction, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what, you know, once they're on the 53, that's it. Their salaries are locked in. I believe their salaries become locked in the first week of the regular season. So it's not going to be this week coming up because regular season doesn't start until the following week. I believe it's, I want to say the Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday coming up is when the salaries get locked in. I think that's how it works. I'm not sure of the exact date, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. So just wanted to throw that out there for those of you who are following along and planning your own 53 man roster projections, just a little, you know, business um, nuance, if you will, to keep in mind. All right, Nick, we still got three more, I think, tough decisions to make. We've got linebacker, cornerback, and safety. We'll do them right after this quick break. Hey, Giant fans, August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. 
All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers, no trades. Underdog will set your best lineup every week. So go ahead and try out Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an observed $3 million going to the winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You have Patricia Trena and the very handsome Nick Filato. He is with me. I love this guy. I absolutely love doing shows with him. Uh, so knowledgeable. And I, I appreciate you so much, Nick, for coming on with me, as always. Um, Nick, we've got three more positions we've got to take a look at. Sort of difficult, but we'll talk about them, obviously. We'll kick things off with linebacker. <laughs> uh, we'll start off with Habak. Uh, we've got Habakuk Baldonado, who I, I was he cut? I can't remember now. I don't think he's been cut yet, but uh, Darian Beavers to Sean Bauer. I know he was let go. Cam Brown, uh, Carter Coughlin to Mon Fox, Deontay Johnson, Micah McFadden, Aziz Ojulari, Bobby O'Karake, Isaiah Simmons, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jihad Ward, Ray Wilburn, and O'Shane Zimenez. I think the of these, I think Bauer, I know, was, was let go. I can't remember Baldonado. I don't think Baldonado was let go yet, if I'm not mistaken. But I combine inside and outside linebacker here, Nick, because Isaiah Simmons just totally, for me, uh, muddies up the whole picture. So let's sort it out. How do you see the linebacker situation? And if you want to break it up to inside and outside, that's fine. But how do you kind of see this plan out? I have nine linebackers making the team. That's Kayvon, Aziz Ojolari, Timon Fox, Jahad Ward, who is also one of those players where it's like linebacker. Okay. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, Bobby Okereke, Darian Beavers, Micah McFadden. And then I have Carter Coughlin. And this is where I got like, really like, I, I'm not confident in this. I think Carter Coughlin deserves a roster spot not just because of his special teams upside. He led the Giants in tackles last year on special teams. We know Cam Brown is also a special teams ace, but from the preseason film that we've seen, Carter Coughlin seems much more adept and capable at being a competent backup at linebacker than a Cam Brown does. And I think he really showcased it against the Jets. Several really well-executed techniques, the squeeze technique that resulted in a tackle for a loss against Michael Carter. He had the outside zone run where he just shot the gap and also tackled, I think it was Michael Carter, for a loss on that play. Several just flash plays. And when I see Cam Brown out there on defense, you don't get the same uh, actions. I don't feel like Cam Brown does as good of a job avoiding blocks. I think he's a great special teamer. I think this is going to be one of those cuts that that sucks because he's a good special teamer, but I don't have Cam Brown making the team. I have Carter Coughlin securing that last spot, and I also don't have O'Shane Zimenez making the team. I think it would be Timon Fox. I think Isaiah Simmons being added to this roster just gives the Giants this unique chess piece that can be used all over the place. He's going to rush the passer. I'm very excited. I love how they were able to send four and still get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and a seven-man protection because of Isaiah Simmons. Wink Martindale's a mastermind scheming one-on-one matchups. He had a one-on-one matchup, Timon Fox against the tight end, and a one-on-one matchup for Isaiah Simmons against Michael Carter, the running back. And then O'Shane Zimenez and Raheem Nunez-Rochez had four blockers in front of them with a tackle doing absolutely nothing. That's all because Wink Martindale's scheme. I think Isaiah Simmons is the perfect fit for that. Don't have him out there on early downs, though. That's a Michael McFadden role. That's a Darian Beavers role. Have 
Isaiah Simmons start as a third down rotational player who can thrive in a situation that Wink Martindale schemes up 1v1 or free rushers because his elite athletic ability is just something that we can marvel at and you can also drop him into coverage and he's going to be more athletic and fluid than most of the other players who are edges or linebackers in space. But Simmons, just to be clear, coverage is not his bread and butter, I would say, I would think, right? I mean, no, his, no. His, his his main strength is coming at the, you know, rushing, maybe even serving as a spy. When you say that's probably, you know, what they might be thinking out there. I think, I think they're going to use him in, in so many roles. We saw glimpses of that yesterday. I think the primary is the rusher. I think it's only going to be on third down and in passing situations, but I think they're going to keep it fresh. I think there are times where, where, Isaiah Simmons is going to act as if he's going to blitz and then he's going to drop into that middle hook. There are times where he's going to spy. There are times where he's going to occupy the tackle and then have someone else blitz. It's just Wink Martindale keeps it very fresh in terms of how he presents what he's going to do, his intentions to the offense and the protection. And that's why it's so difficult for these opposing uh, these opposing protection packages to pick up what Wink Martindale is actually going to do. And it's another reason why Wink Martindale typically, as he brought up, doesn't have these these edge rushers who have 12 or 13 or 15 sacks It's because you have safeties getting sacks and you have nickels getting sacks because he sends pressure from a ton of different areas and the offense just doesn't exactly know where it's coming from. Again, seven guys in protection yesterday. Giants got pressure with two guys only sending four. That's impressive. And that's a testament to Wink Martindale. All right. So now sticking with with uh, safety, because Isaiah Simmons is listed as a safety linebacker. Let's take a look at the safeties and how maybe his presence affects what they might do there. So we've got Dane Belton, Alex Cook, Bobby McCain. McCain has the uh, concussion. Nick McLeod, who I believe has a quad, but I, I'm, I'm hearing he should be good to go. Xavier McKinney, Javarius Owens, Jason Pinnock. Pinnock is probably locked in as the starter. Do they maybe now keep one less safety, do you think, because of Simmons? Or do you just keep Simmons as your pass rushing linebacker with the occasional drop back? I actually have the Giants keeping six safeties. One of them I'm 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 very nervous about, I think, and that's Bobby McCain. He just got the concussion. I don't know if Bobby McCain is going to make this roster, but a lot of these safeties can also play cornerback or play nickel. So that's one of the reasons why there's not as many cornerbacks as we'll go over here in a little bit. But I have McKinney, Jason Pinnock, Dane Belton, McLeod, and Javarius Owens all making the roster. Alex Cook is a lock for the practice squad. He slips through waivers, which he should, but I was impressed with what I've seen from Alex Cook in preseason. And Bobby McCain, I have him on the final roster. I don't know if that's actually going to end in that area. But as we'll go through the cornerback position, you'll see one of the reasons why I'm considering Bobby McCain for the roster. And that's because there is a cut who typically is a slot guy at the cornerback position and McCain can fill that role. All right, let's take a look then at the cornerback here. So we've got Deontay Banks, Darren Evans, who was let go, Cordell Flott, who I think, uh, I don't think he's dealing with an injury. No, he's over his injury. Zion Gilbert, Jamon Green, Jamon Green got injured yesterday. Trey Hawkins, who's a lock. Darnay Holmes, who I suspect is who you're talking about, Adoree Jackson, Amani Orari, and Aaron Robinson. Aaron Robinson on pup, probably going to start the year on pup. So, Nick, if you're keeping six safeties, how many corners are you keeping, and who are you keeping? I only have four corners right now. I think the Giants will will. I had five yesterday, and then I reconsidered Amani O. I think the Giants, if they were to keep five, and Amani O were to be one of those players, he'd be the first guy off when the Giants add another player. So I don't think he's going to be there against Dallas. But it's uh, Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, Cordell Flott, Trey Hawkins. 
And I have Darnay Holmes being released. I think the Giants will give Darnay Holmes the opportunity like they did with Darius Slayton to take a pay cut and then he can come back because isn't it $2.7 million cap hit that Darnay Holmes has because the incentives built in his contract because mm-hmm. he hit all of his escalators. I don't think the Giants are going to keep a guy like Darnay Holmes when they have all of these other options who can also man the slot in the last year of his rookie deal when it's that much. And I hate mm-hmm. saying that. I actually really like Darnay Holmes and I know people like hit knock him and stuff be like oh he, he loses a cd lamb in the slot i'm like yeah a lot of people would okay but darnay holmes is a smart player pound for pound he's very very strong he's very very physical i think he's excellent around the line of scrimmage diagnosing screens very quick great athlete so i want him on this team i just don't know if, if he will be there if he doesn't take that pay cut so i have him off right now but i wouldn't be shocked if he actually took the pay cut and the giants put him on the roster and i would actually welcome that yeah, I'd be surprised if they keep him. I mean, I, I have a feeling Darnay Holmes is somebody who they can maybe, you know, will, will get picked up by another team looking for cornerback help. And I could also see the Giants adding another cornerback. I know they worked out William Jackson maybe as a, you know, just to kind of keep him on speed dial just in case and whatnot. But Nick, you know, having gone through this roster, I, I'm going to put this question to you. Do you see any scenario? Any scenario at all where maybe Joe Shane can maybe trade one of these guys he's looking to cut and get at least that seventh rounder back that they gave up to get Isaiah Simmons? It's tough. I think Darnay Holmes would be that one, but I don't think a lot of teams are being like, hey, 2.7 million, I'll eat that when I know you want to release him. There's just really no incentive, especially for teams that are high in the priority. Maybe if Darnay Holmes is very sought after a team that's lower in the priority who wants to add him for whatever reason, maybe there's a case there. Uh, but it's it's not really, there's not somebody on this roster that jumps out to me that that says, hey, Joe Shane, you can get value for this player. And I don't even know if there are a lot. Like, I was surprised. Let me lay that out. I was very surprised that the Giants got Isaiah Simmons for a seventh. It's almost as if Arizona didn't shop that around because there had to be another team that would have offered a little bit more for the former eighth overall pick just three years ago. So that, that was very shocking to me. I think there will be trades around the NFL. I don't know if the Giants are in the position to trade any of their guys because I think there are talented guys who are going to be cut, but some of them are like, 34-year-old Cole Beasley, is he going to be cut? Or can you really trade him? And like he was just available for how long? You know, he's a dable guy right now. So I don't uh, I don't envision anybody. Is there anybody that you think fits that criteria though? Mm, Darnay Holmes would be the only one, but like you said, he would have to consider a pay cut, I think, before anybody would take him on. I mean, I I might have said Bryce Ford Wheaton had he stayed healthy and, and continue, you know, had a had a good showing, but that's obviously out. I I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anybody, but I'm sure the Giants will come up with something because I do believe Joe Shane will try and get that seventh round pick back. I just don't know how he's going to do it. He's not getting any comp picks this year. I can tell you that much. Um, or maybe he just says, you know what? I'm good with six picks because the roster is a lot filled in a little bit more and I'm good with the direction it's going. I mean, interestingly enough, we do get to speak with Joe Shane again on, I think it's Wednesday. He and Dable are doing a joint presser. That might be a question to put to him. And I might just put that in my notebook to ask. So make sure Ed Valentine doesn't hear this because he'll try to steal it from you. I know he's always stealing from me. <laughs> All right, Nick, final question for you. As you go through your projections and where things currently stand with this roster, where is your biggest concern right now? Biggest concern right now. So the offensive line, I'm 
I feel more comfortable about it this season than I did last year, but we're really putting a lot of chips in the basket of that left guard spot being seized by one of those two. I do believe there's going to be a rotation, but if an injury happens to either the tackles, but that's a given, but if an injury happens to Glowinski or John Michael Schmitz, that's going to force Bredesen into one of those positions. And then the depth on the interior offensive line is something that concerns me. I think the overall depth at offensive line is something that I'm, I'm definitely a, a little bit uh, worried about edge depth as well. I think the addition of Isaiah Simmons makes me feel a little bit better about that, but I only really view that addition as a passing downs addition. Running downs, you have Jihad Ward who who can operate there, and I feel like he's a solid edge three in terms of the run down uh, scenario, but I, I don't necessarily look at like O'Shane Zimenez or Hobble Baldonado as players who I don't even think will make the roster, but if they do, players I want to rely on, so that puts a lot of pressure on Timon Fox. I think I'm comfortable enough with that. So if uh, to answer your question, I think I would have to bring it back to the offensive line and say it's just the overall depth there because if injuries happen, that could derail the entire season. I don't want Daniel Jones running for his life or taking these really bad hits. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And like I said, I'm also a little concerned about special teams because I don't know if yeah. they have the guy, you know, the dog that, that, you know, like a David Tyree or, or, you know, I mean, the closest they have is a Nick McLeod and that's if he's healthy. But special teams has been a problem last year. It's been a problem this year. You know, Jamie Gillen is is good for outkicking the coverage at least once a game, it seems, which drives me insane. But they just don't have guys that can get that get down there in a hurry and, and you know, stop these big returns. And that, to me, is a, a big concern that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Especially because last year, if I'm not mistaken, Jason Pinnock was a fixture on the special teams. Now he's going to be a starter. So it's it's like, I don't know if they want to put him back in that situation. So you're going to need these back end defensive backs to step up. And that's another thing the Giants could add. Giants could add another team cuts a special team or a core special team. And they could bring him on, whether it be a wide receiver or a defensive back. And then that player can, can seize that opportunity. I have one question for you, Patty. Do you think Bryce Ford Wheaton, if he didn't get hurt and had a solid showing, like four catches for, for 56 yards or something, nothing too spectacular. Do you think he would have made the team because of that special teams upside? Oh, I think so. Yeah. As a gunner. Yeah. I think, I think he had, cause you know, the way I, I had initially, Cam Brown, it was the guy who had the length, you know, the the speed and all the size and everything. I thought Ford Wheaton, you could make the same argument for. And plus Ford Wheaton can give you snaps at receiver if you need him to, whereas Cam Brown can't couldn't. So in in justifying, you know, me taking Cam Brown off the roster, that's how I kind of, you know, weighed it, balanced it out, so to speak. Yeah, that's the one interesting one because I, I was like, I might put him on this roster, even though he really hasn't shown anything as a receiver. But then the right. injury happened last night. I didn't even know the severity of it. A torn ACL. I mean, that sucks for the yeah. kid, man. Open yeah, I, I, I had heard it might be it might be serious, but they weren't sure how bad it was. Now, if it's a clean ace, clean tear, you know, that's obviously easier for them to fix. If it's a partial tear, he'll be back quickly. But Bottom line is this is going to be a red shirt year for him, you know, and it's unfortunate. You never want to see that in preseason, but here we are, you know, so best wishes to that young man and any other player who ends up on IR because it sucks to have worked all year long or all summer long, all spring long. And now you're not going to get an opportunity to, you know, be a part of what you've worked for. So them the breaks, as they say, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate. Yes. 
All right, Nick, great stuff as always. I appreciate you. So thank you so much for coming on with me. Giant fans, appreciate you as well. Keep it here all week long. We're going to have a heck of a lot more here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. I'm going to see if I can line up a few more guests for you. And for my subtext community members, we're going to roll out game film study. So David Turner and I are going to pair up and we're going to look at some game film uh, we're going to take a look at Isaiah Simmons actually up first, up first in our game film study. So keep an eye out for that. And also I will have for you, um, hopefully by the time this video airs, I'll have for you your blue and a exclusive video. So thank you so much, everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Nick Filato. Giant fans, we will see you again tomorrow.